Welcome to the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? I'm your host, O2 Tara Clancy. Join me each week for the stories, the science, and the solutions to help you banish counterfeit sleep and have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love. If your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you. The Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, Season 1, Episode 4. The Counterfeit Sleep Controversy. Is there a deadly side to waking up to go? Hi, I'm O2 Tara Clancy, and I'm excited to share with you the first and a special feature we do here on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast. We call it the Counterfeit Sleep Controversy. And what we do is focus on a specific challenge that lots of people have so that you get the information that you need and the direction that you want to be able to get the sleep that you need. So first, let's start out with why would there even be a controversy over sleep? We all know we need it, right? So what is the controversy? Well, when it comes to sleep, there are lots of problems. And thankfully, there's lots of information out there to help us solve those problems. But that is where we get to the challenge too, because sometimes that information is just a little bit behind the times since we've had an explosion of our understanding of sleep. And that's all thanks to advances in technology that let us see the brain at work while awake and while asleep. Now, sleep researchers and sleep medicine doctors have used this technology to great effect. Thankfully, other physicians are catching on, but it's a very slow process. And so at times, the information that is seriously outdated still persists. What's one example? Well, it's this idea that sleeping pills can give you the sleep you need. Now, here's what I would say on this question of um, whether sleeping pills can help you. Now, if you are in an acute crisis, maybe a death or um, some trauma that has left you, you know, in a state where you cannot sleep at all, then sleeping pills may indeed be a good short-term solution because at least they will give you the ability to get some sleep. But if we're looking at it beyond the short-term for maybe like a problem like insomnia that people deal with really over a long-term, well, for something like insomnia or another long-term problem, then sleeping pills really are not the answer. They cannot give you the sleep you need. So this idea of prescribing sleeping pills to people that are dealing with long-term sleeping problems is a seriously outdated practice that really comes from seriously outdated research. But how many people do you know that have been prescribed sleeping pills? Far too many, I bet. Well, 
sleeping pills for insomnia is a topic for a future counterfeit sleep controversy episode. Uh, Let's get into today's counterfeit sleep controversy episode. And it's this. It's something that actually came up in episode three. Um, and if, you re- if you've had a chance to listen to it, you, this will be familiar to you. It's that, this idea of waking up to go, the world of nighttime urination. And that's where we come up with this question. You know, is there a deadly side to waking up to go? And is there, you know, what is the controversy over it? Well, let's just go briefly into what you'll get out of today's episode. You'll get an insider's view of one of today's biggest controversies, this nighttime urination problem that I like to call your get up and go. And from today's episode, you'll understand when your get up and go is normal and when your get up and go can indeed have a deadly side. And you'll learn what you can do to save yourself, and as it turns out, your relationships. And for a little bit of fun, there's that this popular 80s song that can guide you through it all. So let's go ahead and get started. Now, what's the controversy of this um, deadly side of, of get up and go? Well, I'll give you an example of a gentleman that I worked with not too long ago. He... Um, he, he and I were working together because he was having difficulty focusing and it was really impacting his work. So we decided to do uh, a program. And as I did the intake, I asked him about nighttime urination. And he said, yeah, I wake up every night to go, but I'm able to fall back asleep, no problem. So it's not an issue. Well, of course, Uh, that's the common thinking. That's where the controversy really comes in, right? It's this idea, hey, if I wake up and I go and I can fall back asleep again, I'm good. It's no problem, right? Wrong. This is the huge controversy in the counterfeit sleep world. Here's the argument. It, It would be a problem if you can't fall back asleep because that would be insomnia, right? But if you do go back asleep right away, it's not an issue. It's really just a small blip in your otherwise full night of sleep, right? Where you're getting seven and a half to eight hours. Um, But the problem is, it is more than a small blip. And in fact, if you go um, and listen to episode three, where I interviewed Christine McManus, she actually talked about how she would wake up to go and then go right back to sleep. No problem. But what was she dealing with? She was talking about a debilitating tiredness and ultimately memory problems that threatened her job. So she had, um, she wasn't aware of the connection between waking up to go and the tiredness and the, the memory problems, but that's what we were, we're going to be talking about today. So why didn't anybody who, um, any of Christine's doctors really um, ever point this out to her, um, you know, as, as it was building and building and as the challenge was getting greater? Well, unless you specialize in the field of sleep, 
you probably have not had opportunity or reason to become familiar with today's understandings from you know the sleep research that i was referring to before it's kind of like you know they say about lawyers if you ask you know 10 lawyers a, a question you'll get 10 different answers well i think it's the same thing if you ask two different doctors get two different answers about nighttime urination it depends on how current the doctor's understandings are. One may be current and one may be outdated, like pre-1990s, because that's when the fields of sleep science and sleep medicine really exploded. It may be outdated, like our theme song for this episode, that 80s song by Wham. You know the one, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go? Now, you may know that song because it was trending on TikTok earlier this year. Or if you're like me, you may actually remember that song. Maybe you even have the big hair pictures to prove it. And if you do, you may find that you're dealing with nighttime urination. You may find that at some point you stopped singing, wake me up before you go-go and started singing, wake me up so I can go-go. And you may be thinking that it's all pretty normal, right? But what I want you to know is this, waking up to go is not normal. Don't let anyone tell you it is normal. If you're a woman, don't let anyone tell you it's normal because you've had kids. Or if you're a man, don't let anyone tell you it's normal because of your prostate. Or if you're just Human, don't let anyone tell you it's normal because you're getting older. The bottom line is this. Don't let anyone tell you it's normal because it's not. And that's where the controversy over nighttime urination lies. On one side, you have people who see nighttime urination as a normal part of life circumstances and aging. And on the other side, you have people who are up to date on research and know what's really going on. So let's go ahead and take a look at what is really going on. What's really going on when you are waking up to go-go is that your body is showing you it's not functioning properly. And the effects are comprehensive. And when I say comprehensive, I mean it like big effects in every part of your life. We'll just look for a moment here at the effects before we look at, at today's science. So how is this really affecting you? Well, basically when you're waking up to go, and like I said, it's a sign that your body is not functioning properly. The amount of stress that is on the, the body endures is tremendous. So let's look at what should happen when you're asleep. And then we'll look at what's happening when, um, when you're not, you know, when you're not sleeping the right way. So when you go and have a normal, healthy night of sleep, what your brain is doing is two major functions, really. It's doing repair and recharge. So it's repairing all the stuff in the body and in the brain to, um, to kind of freshen things up after a full day of work. And it's recharging the, the, like the battery of the brain, if you will, so that you have a full charge for the next day. 
But here's the kicker. That only happens when the brain can get into deep sleep and specifically what we call slow wave sleep. And so if you are getting healthy restorative sleep, the brain is able to get into that slow wave sleep stage. It's able to stay there long enough so that it can repair and recharge. And you basically feel great. Um, and another function that happens in that slow wave sleep stage is that the brain does the work of storing memories. And I mentioned this specifically because um, this is, goes back to episode three with Christine McManus. You know, her chief complaint was memory problems. And again, she, she discussed that she woke up to go every night. So the, the relationship between waking up to go and memory is one that we really understand right now. You can give a listen to Christine's uh, episode to see how transforming, um, how, how banishing counterfeit sleep really transformed her life. Um, but here's another important point on this idea of counterfeit sleep and the brain doing the work of storing memories. Like, think about it. Who else do we know in our modern lives that have trouble with memory? Two big groups come to mind for me. One is elderly people who are experiencing signs of cognitive impairment. Another group, young children who are showing signs of learning disabilities and memory problems. Well, both of those groups of people should be assessed for counterfeit sleep because as we, as we just said, memory, memories are stored during this deep phase um, of sleep called slow wave sleep. So if you're not getting into it, you're not able to store those memories. If you're able to do a good assessment and help people get healthy sleep again, then you could see those memory problems turn around. And here's one really critical piece um, on, on that idea right now. And this has to do with Alzheimer's disease in particular. So we used to think that people with Alzheimer's disease later went on to develop sleep problems. But what the research is bearing out is really the opposite. What, we're, what the research is showing us is that people with sleep problems end up developing Alzheimer's disease. So we'll have, um, I will have upcoming episodes on these two things, um, you know, um, cognitive impairment in the elderly and memory problems and learning difficulties in children. Um, we'll have that in upcoming epi episodes. So, um, you know, stay tuned for that. But what I'd like you to do in the meantime is to think about how your get up and go, this nighttime urination thing, how it directly affects you, right? How we just saw that. So now that we can see, let's take a look at how others are affected by your nightly get up and go. Because the fact is other people are 100% affected by um, your get up and go specifically the people that you sleep next to, their sleep is disrupted, right? If you're waking up, you're going and, and uh, flushing a toilet or, or whatever, just walking out of the room, the person that you're sleeping next to is very likely having disrupted sleep as well. So uh, you're getting counterfeit sleep, your partner is getting counterfeit sleep by de default. 
And what happens when you have two people who are consistently shortchanged on sleep? Well, this fact is pretty compelling. 50% of men get counterfeit sleep, and just about 50% of marriages end in divorce. That kind of really drives it home for me. Uh, and I actually heard a story about uh, a, a woman one time who uh, lived in a, a condo complex. It was a uh, like an apartment style where there were four um, four apartments in one building. And um, apparently this woman was able to get the residents in the other three apartments to not flush their toilets at night. And what was her reason for kind of demanding this? She said because it, it disrupted her sleep. She would hear the toilet flushing and then that would really... Um, you know, wake her up and prevent her from getting the night of sleep that she needed. So I don't know if you ask me, I would think she was um, she was probably a victim of counterfeit sleep herself. She probably uh, was staying in a very light stage of sleep rather than cycling into deep sleep. Um, and that too would, you know, explain some of her, um, some of the emotion behind uh, kind of, um, you know, forcing your neighbors into such kind of uh, agreements. But anyway, um, just as a, on a funny note, if she were an 80s music fan, and I have no idea if she, if she was, I have no idea how old she was, but if she were an 80s music fan, um, and we think about that Wham! song I mentioned before, I'm pretty sure that she was not going to be singing it as uh, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. I'm pretty sure her version would be Don't Wake Me Up When You Go-Go. Uh, so anyway, um, the basic idea, and I've, I've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast, and I'll just mention it here, and I actually go uh, further in explanation in my book, but I, I like to think of this whole thing as a cell phone analogy. You know, if you have your cell phone, you, most people like to plug it in at night, so when they wake up in the morning uh, and, you know, have to head out for the day, they've got a full charge on the phone. But what happens when you forget to charge it in and you get up and you're already walking out with a partially charged phone and then before you know it the phone's in low power mode right you can you have the phone has tremendous potential but you can't access it because the the energy is not there in the phone right and and then you end up walking around trying to um you know figure out how you can get your phone charged and, and it, you know kind of takes away from what you can do in the day, right? So that's really, I think, um, you know, what's happening with anybody who's dealing with counterfeit sleep. Uh, and they really, uh, when, you, when you're walking around without a fully charged battery, it's like you have no energy physically, you know, uh, you have no energy mentally and you're emotionally tapped and you're mentally zapped. How many people do you know who feel like this? Um, who and who have just accepted that that's part of modern day life. I know I spent many years feeling like that, really just thinking that that was part of how life was going to be for me at the time, given the fact that I was working full time and I was a single mom. And then luckily for me, I uncovered the fact that I was dealing with counterfeit sleep and I was able to recover from it. And 
my life transformed. So, uh, so to get back to the basic idea, you know, your, your get up and go is disrupting your sleep and that has direct effects on you and it has direct effects on your relationships at, at work, at home, in your community. So let's go ahead and take a look, a quick look at today's science and let's see why get up and go is actually really a symptom. Why nighttime urination is not a problem in and of itself. It's really a symptom of counterfeit sleep. And here's why. In, in healthy sleep, where somebody is able to cycle through the different stages of sleep in the right proportion, those people, when they get to uh, slow wave sleep, a chemical is actually released that slows down the processing of the urine. So that means your bladder is going to fill up at a slower rate than it normally would. And so what happens is it takes your bladder the whole night to fill up to the point where you get the urge to get up and go. It's kind of like your brain, when your brain is sending out, um, when your brain is going into this slow wave sleep, it knows that it has the work of repairing and recharge to do. So it sends out this do not disturb sign, right? Like, and saying, hey, we are not open for business. So slow everything down so we can do the work that we have to do. So again, that's what happens when you are in healthy sleep. The rate of urine production is slowed down so that you don't get a full bladder and therefore you do not get the urge to have to get up and go. So let's look at the opposite of that. When you're not in healthy sleep, when you're getting this counterfeit sleep, you don't get to stay in slow wave sleep long enough. Every time your brain gets into that stage, it gets pulled out. And that's, you know, complicated processes there. But just simply put, you get pulled, you, you get into that stage and you get pulled right up out of it again. And because of that, the chemical doesn't get released sufficiently. Your bladder doesn't get the signal. And then you're waking up so you can go-go at 3 a.m., and so that really is why, um, you know, what's telling us that waking up to go, this nighttime urination is really a symptom of counterfeit sleep rather than a problem in and of itself. And to go back to that idea of outdated um, understandings, if you do a quick search, you'll find studies on this chemical that I'm talking about. It's called ADH. Um, it's anti-diuretic hormone, and you'll find studies easily that go back to the early 90s and probably even before that if you have institutional access to research. So either way, it's a long time ago, but many people and their doctors remain woefully unaware and think waking up to go is normal, but nighttime urination is not normal. And it is, in fact, a strong sign of counterfeit sleep. I hope you see that now, that um, thinking otherwise, thinking that um, nighttime urination is normal, I hope that you can see that that is as outdated as, you know, like big hair of the 80s that was in when Wham! had its, that had the big hit I was talking about before. 
Okay, so bottom line is this, waking up to go is not a problem, it is a symptom. So, but what happens when you visit your doctor because you're feeling less than great, right? Maybe you have low energy or maybe you're having trouble focusing. Maybe you're feeling really irritable. Well, you know, your doctor wants to help you, right? And your doctor may even ask you about your sleep. And when you say you wake up to go, but fall back asleep with no problem, both you and your doctor cross sleep off the list of, of possible problems. And that's a problem, right? Because it, what, what is essential is that you recognize that waking up to go is a symptom. I mean, seriously, it is mission critical. It's not an exaggeration to say that recognizing that you're getting, um, that waking up to go is a, pro, is a symptom of counterfeit sleep is seriously a matter of life and death. So what can you do about your get up and go then? Well, the info is available, like we said, but many remain unaware. So you must be your own advocate. And here's what you do. Three things. Number one, continue to listen to the Counterfeit Sleep podcast where you can get all the information that you need to make informed decisions and head, you know, head your um, care, your health care into the right direction. The second thing. What I want you to do is determine if your get up and go is indeed a real problem. Here's, here's what I mean by that. Let's say last night you happened to wake up at 3 a.m. to go, but you fell back out again. And as you think about it, you realize that before you went to bed, you drank a liter of, I don't know, your favorite post-workout beverage or something. So... If you think about that, the fact that you inundated your body with fluids right before you went to bed, well, then that may mean that you do not have a counterfeit sleep problem. You may just need a sleep hygiene strategy. So what you can do is try this. As best as you can, hydrate during the day, trying to drink you know, probably eight ounces of water for each hour, and then limit your intake for three hours before bedtime and then see how you do track it when you do that does the problem go away and if it does then all you needed was a sleep hygiene fix really you know setting the conditions to give you a good night of sleep but if you do all of that, right, of limiting, staying hydrated during the day and limiting your intake three hours before, if you do that and you still are waking up at 3 a.m. to go-go, well, then you know you need something more. You, you really want to consider counterfeit sleep. It just may be that your nighttime urination problem is really a symptom. And the chances are that you probably know it on some level already. I mean, you're probably just not feeling great, either in terms of your physical energy, your mental focus, or even your emotional bandwidth. Um, here on the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, we always talk about using the XYZ formula, right? To say to yourself, if I have problem X, whatever it may be, ask why. Don't just accept it. 
and make your primary suspect your Z's, right? Um, so what's the next simple step that you can do? Take the counterfeit sleep screening at counterfeitsleep.com. Use the screening to determine how high your risk of counterfeit sleep is. This is critical to help you go to the next level because while the screening looks at things beyond sleep hygiene and really bumps it up in, into sleep integrity, which is what happens while you're asleep. I mean, almost think of it like, you know, if you're loading a dishwasher and putting all the plates all lined up in the right way, that's kind of like sleep hygiene, setting the conditions for a good um, cycle to clean the dishes appropriately. But Think of sleep integrity as what happens when you close the door. You can't see what's going on inside of that dishwasher. That's what the counterfeit sleep screening does. It gives you some insight into what may be happening when you're actually, um, you know, in the, the quote unquote active sleep. So again, the next the best thing to do is go take that screening. And when, when, um, when you're ready to have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love, sign up for one of our sleep programs. And then the last thing to do um, is, you know, uh, think about your health and wellness providers. Are they aware of counterfeit sleep? Help them continue to grow as professionals. And there are two things you can do to help them. First, share the Counterfeit Sleep podcast with them and send them a copy of my book. Ask yourself today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Go to isyoursleepmakingyoutired.com and get your copy today. So what are the takeaways of this Counterfeit Sleep podcast controversy on your get up and go? Number one, waking up to go-go can, can definitely have a deadly side if you accept it as normal. Instead, look at nighttime urination for what it is, a sign that you may be getting counterfeit sleep. And go take the counterfeit sleep screening now so that you can uncover the underlying problem. Because once you know the problem, you can find a true solution. And when you solve the problem and get back to healthy, restorative sleep again, two things happen. You have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love, and you enrich your relationships at work, in the community, and especially at home with the person you sleep next to. Now, that's something to sing about, even if you're not an 80s pop singer. When you're ready for your aha moment, when you're ready to have more energy, increased productivity, and a reflection in the mirror you love, go to counterfeitsleep.com and take the counterfeit sleep screening. That ends this episode of the Counterfeit Sleep Podcast, where we help you answer today's most important health and wellness question. Is your sleep making you tired? Follow us to get the stories the science, and the solutions to help you take your counterfeit sleep journey. And leave us a review to help other people find us. Thank you. And remember, if your sleep is making you tired, it's time to change that and get back to being you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.